I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Apple Podcast Round 6 2020. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is very apologetic for a tweet that went out during the week. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, you can't believe it's happened to me again. Like, you know, I've had to apologise for hundreds of tweets over the journey, but mm-hmm. this one... So this was a complete accident, Michael. So Tuesday night, uh, Victoria went into lockdown. Well, Melbourne, uh, Greater Melbourne went into lockdown Tuesday night at midnight. And so I thought, I've got one last bender in me for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did a, did a bit of a pub crawl. And at the uh, fifth pub that I was at, uh, the Tankerville in uh, Fitzroy, lovely pub on the corner of Johnson Street and Nicholson Street. I love, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, uh, the Robbo would uh, <laughs> rank it <laughs> as number one. It would be up there. So anyway... I thought I'll um, I'll just I'd add to my notes while I was in the bathroom yeah. as I was having a slash and also looking at my phone and accidentally, you know when you get a wee on your hands and they're slippery and your phone's slippery as well and it slipped out of my hands and just fell on a urinal cake and bounced off the urinal cake and then hit the uh, porcelain part of the urinal and then smashed. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think it's like fair, I, th- I think it's fair to say that you had a mare. <laughs> I did have a mare, had a fucking a fucking mare, and I quickly asked for a uh, I asked for a bowl of rice because I thought I'd put that in there, mm-hmm. and I did that and it didn't work, so I gave them back the bowl of rice. They probably served it up, not my problem. <laughs> but then the phone just went it did, went its own way. It didn't actually switch off. It just fucking mm. went haywire and sent mm. some shit out. And I do apologise for the. It was just it somehow accessed my notes. And sent out, uh, tweeted out the notes that I'd written in my phone. Personal, private notes, Michael. That's I mean, just for me. I mean, These would have pumped me up. It's full on stuff, but it kind of gave me a mm. bit more of an insight into your life. I mean, I haven't been around Melbourne for a, for a while, so I haven't been to mm. kind of, you know, chaperone you, you know. Between, yeah, things have changed. <laughs> between court appearances. Um, yeah, that's right. But, yeah, there's some weird If you stuff were around, there. I have never dropped a phone in the urinal when you've been around me. No, no, because I'm always... Um, <laughs> Standing around your knees, ready to catch. Yeah, exactly. You're good like that. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's some weird things, man. Like I, I mean, uh, I, I feel bad. You know, people have saw it during the week, but I feel bad sharing it again on the podcast. But um, we may as well get it out there, mate. I've, I've apologised yeah. flat out. You know, I am sorry for all this. Yeah, you're putting down your notes for like you know the, the your day to day, like you know your schedule for yeah. the day. Yeah, things that I need to tick off. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, number one said uh, return pill press. That is not good, mate. Well, no, I know it's not good, and I apologise. You know when you borrow something and you just you, a week goes past, two weeks go past, you haven't returned it, and I felt for the bikies like they're in lockdown now, they got nothing else to do. You know, you got to fucking have a hobby. I've got their pill press. I felt like a bit of an arsehole, so I thought I should return it. It's still here, and they came and got it. Actually, they came and got it last night. Oh, thankfully, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, Nick knock at Mick Malthouse's house. That's. That's immature, mate. Like you're well, you're in your forties. 
mate, I had to get it done before lockdown. And so I was going to get like six or seven goes at it in one night. Uh, but then once the phone smashed, I didn't have his address anymore. Tear down John Coleman's statue at the MCG. Come on, mate. Mm-hmm. He's a, a legend of the game. He knows what he did. <laughs> uh, play the pokies with Robbo. That was there. Well, I was waiting for him when the uh, when the phone broke. You know, he was he'd gone to buy a pack of darts for us both, and um, he did just didn't return. I was like, where the fuck is Robbo? So I think he was in an argument down the uh, TAB on Smith Street. <laughs> Another thing on the note here: uh, mm. scroll through RebeccaJuddLovers.com for three hours. Like you put that in your schedule, your day to day schedule. Well, I need to because I knew that we as as you know I've said. Quite a few times we were heading into lockdown and my house could use quite the Parisian spruce up. And so I needed <laughs> I needed inspiration for that, Michael. You know, I, like around my pool, I've just got like brown tiles and I thought, should I get white? And then I thought, but if you get white, you run the risk of getting red uh, dust on it from a dust storm that happens after the fires. And Beck, you know, she made everyone aware that white tiles are a bad idea after fire season. So thanks for that, Beck. You saved me a lot of trouble. You got one here, Lobby ScoMo to pardon Shane Martin, okay? Get him back in the country. I mean, you're really pushing that hard, are you? Well, I think, you know, if if Trump can uh, pardon whoever he wants, why can't we get... Tell me one thing, all right, maybe not one. Tell me 70 things that Shane Martin has done wrong. (laughs) The the father of Dusty, tell me why he doesn't deserve to come back into our fantastic country. It's on your notes here, man. Like, it's very embarrassing for you. I mean, you should be ashamed. I mean, you're day to day. Yeah, yeah. I'm mortified. Rewatch every roaming Brian. Like, that's that's, that's a a long time to watch. Well, you've got to learn from the master. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's sometimes on this show when when I listen back and I just go, fuck, why didn't I... I could have roaming Brian that. I, I had a sandwich in front of me and I didn't talk about it at all during the whole podcast. The, the listeners don't know whether it was ham, whether it was tuna, whether there was avocado in it, whether it was whole grain, multigrain, white bread. They don't know these things. And that's the kind of thing that roaming Brian gets down to the bottom of, you know? And I just think I apologize for the last six years of junk time because we haven't gone in depth enough. Um, listen to Mike Brady's new album. I didn't even know he had one. I dropped uh, a couple of months ago and it is a fucking ripper. He's um, a lot of it. Uh, he rewrote a lot of, he's doing a lot of black lives matter stuff. <laughs> so um, fuck the police and uh, Roy Kazali is one of his songs. Yeah. Wow. Appear on Sam Newman's podcast. That's a, that's well, there's a, a spot going. That's a big thing on your uh, notes there, mate. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not the, uh, it's not a, the uh, cup of tea. Around the land in the minute. Yeah, well, there's a spot open, and um, and I, you know what, I, you know how much I love Don Scott. I've always said to you, if you're out, Scott's in. Like, if anything happened to you, <laughs> it's Don Scott straight in. So it was just my chance, and I got some things that need to be heard, Michael. Yeah, sure. Controversial things that people haven't heard from me. And then the other note you had to yourself was uh, borrow mm. pill press again, so you need to get it back. Yeah, well, we're four days. You know, lockdown gets pretty long, and so you know. You know, when you're bored, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, you feel, fuck, I could, I could go a goog. <laughs> and so you just, you end up just smashing pingers just left, right and centre. And it just gets expensive. So, like people make their own sourdough, I make my own <laughs> Yeah, gooks. sure, sure. Yeah, like yeah. people are like learning a craft, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And instead of like a little Mitsubishi print, I put, you know, like a little Sharon football on mine. They're Mate, in the shape, put a little, they're in the shape uh, of Sharon football. Put a little Junk Time logo on them. Get the brand yeah, out exactly. there. Exactly. Oh mate, a good brand a building time, opportunity. If you get a junk time pill, people, uh, clear your next three days. 
Yeah, I feel I feel partly bad for the uh, drug dealers of the world who um uh have you know gone through this pandemic where they're like yeah you know, yeah people aren't exactly out there and about. Well, say you know when the um uh, the, the the government commission... government forgets about the little people too. No job keeping oh, for them. <laughs> no, not at all. Imagine you were a drug dealer and you lived in the commission flats, right? So you're sitting there. And then all of a sudden there's 500 police outside your door. <laughs> Do you reckon they either, one, flushed it, or two, just got really fucking high? Like they're still flying two weeks later because they're like, I'm not fucking wasting it. Yeah. We can't get it out. That's funny. Poor guys. So, uh, okay, Riley O'Brien. Okay. Mm. So uh, do you think he told the truth? Do you think his phone so actually went mad? And yeah. So if it, for anyone who's unfamiliar with that opening uh, – Ramble that we just had. Yeah, are they the Riley uh, O'Brien. Ten, ten minutes soliloquy. Soliloquy. Riley O'Brien uh, smashed his phone, and his notes about how to play Nicknat were were tweeted out. I still can't understand how it happened, but he was saying he would left the club, and someone rang him and was like, "Mate, um, what's with that tweet?" And he's like, "What tweet?" Yeah, and he goes, and he read it out to him. So it just said, "Beat Nicknat." That was the first part of it, and then it gets fucking brutal. Run off him hard. He's lazy and unfit. Okay. Don't read my notes then when I write about you. Okay. Yeah. So, we'll so he's fine. basically called him fat and slow, really. Yeah, sure. But do, do you actually buy the story that his phone went mad and, and did tweet it out? Uh, I mean, he did show the phone. It was a broken phone. No, you're right. Or do you, reckon, right. do you reckon he tweeted it out and then said through, phone, through said phone because he's just gone, well, this is fucked. I'm in trouble here. I mean, at the very least, he didn't say he was hacked. So that was a positive. Usually people say yeah, they've been yeah. hacked when they tweet something yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um, but I think it was pretty funny in the end when Nick Nat gave him a new phone after the game. That was pretty funny. That was amazing. Yeah. That was incredible. So they play out the game and then Nick Nat gives him a new one from Optus because they are... From no, Tel- from Telstra. Telstra, yes. yes. From Telstra, new Samsung. And I think Adelaide's sponsor is Optus. So there's conflict going on already. He's already he's already given them a burn over their fucking sponsorship. Yeah, I did like it though too. Like Nick Nat, the interview after the game, you know, so Telstra, you know, got onto him, gave him a new Samsung. It's like, oh, a bang, a bang, a cashy, yeah. cashy. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah, there. He's done really well. Yeah. How do you reckon Riley O'Brien felt? Like when he went out to the ground, he's just going, fuck it, hell. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the guy was already an amazing player, Nick Nat. Um, yeah. And you go, oh, I've, got, I've given him fucking extra, you know, ammunition to fucking tear my ass up today. And then there was one bit where uh, Nick Nat kind of threw him away, grabbed the ball out of the ruck and booted a goal and just kind of pointed at him and went, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I fucking got you. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's... I mean, Nick Nat was good in the interview after the game, kind of saying, you know, it was all fun and games in a way, I suppose. Yeah, and he said, he said Riley's a nice... He's a nice guy. I don't, you know, don't hate him for it or whatever. But yeah. you would imagine that it would have been mentioned pre-game. Yeah, uh, for sure. In the warm-up. Sure. Just going, hey, hey, fatso. Hey, geez, you're pretty slow out there, Nick Nat. Hey, you, you tubby bastard. Uh, Nick Nat, uh, I see you got Hungry Jacks on your jumper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It would fire you up, for sure. If someone called me fat and lazy and I was a footballer, I'd be like, yeah. wait a second, when did I become a footballer? <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if um, if you know that Nick Nat's going to be doing this, like you just say, oh, fuck, my internet fridge smashed and tweeted <laughs> out this thing. So you get a brand new LG fridge. <laughs> Dual fridge with ice ice maker. Fuck, I love it. Oh, I'd l- you know, as a kid, all I wanted mum and dad to get was a fucking fridge with an ice maker. Yeah, like the Brady Bunch. They had one. 
Did they? Yeah, in yeah. In the 70s. Yeah, yeah. They had one. Yeah, no, that kind of that was the uh, the marvel of the uh, technology back then. Yeah, no, you'd be going to Nick Nat. You'd be tweeting out being like, oh, gee, my limited edition uh, Porsche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know how they're, <laughs> they're so... Had te- a mare. They're so amazing these days with the technology. Yeah. They, they tweet it out that you're fat and lazy. Yeah. Oh, geez, I'd, <laughs> gee, I wouldn't mind a, a new one. <laughs> yeah, my whole house said you're a bit of a fucking idiot. Um, so sorry about that, Nick Nat. Hey, I was talking about a Patreon, mate. Patreon.com forward slash JunktimeAlphaPod. Uh, thank you all the support for people out there who've uh, been throwing us their uh, coins over the last few they're, months. They're hard-earned, mate. They're, 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 what's it called? Is it um, like, what are they, what's a little bunting? What's it called? Um, Bunsen? Oh, Bunsen uh, burner? Yeah, a little Bunsen burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Throwing us their cash. We do appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you so much for everyone who's done, jumped on board. Uh, as Chamber said, patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. And whatever you can donate, we, we do appreciate it. It goes it goes a long way. And also remember, my friends, that it's in American dollars uh, when you do uh, chuck the cash in. So keep that in your evaluation when you kind of work out how many you know dollars you want to earn. But the Australian dollar is very strong. I know. You're looking at so me weird. You're looking at me then like kind of like, don't mention that. <laughs> 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 and also uh, Stubby Holders Week They can be found at uh, big Junktimes.bigcartel.com So yeah Plenty of Stubby Holders uh, The get uh, uh, Doing very well Sold out So you know Yeah But wow. you know if you're, if you're in isolation You don't want cold You don't want cold hands You don't want warm beer no. So get on it And of course One of us is a uh, Published author mm-hmm. um, I have a book out called Paris and Other Disappointments You can get it at all good online bookstores, at all good bookstores, and wherever you download your audio books from. Yeah, sick. Uh, from the internet for free, I imagine. Yeah, you can get, sure, there's probably, you reckon there's a PDF floating around? There probably isn't, is there? Uh, not yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your hawkers, Michael? It is, you know what, this is a great weekend because you guys got fucking flogged, look like idiots, and Carlton, because we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, yep. haven't lost yet. What a fucking great weekend. No, you're playing the late game today. Yeah, we, uh, we're kind of getting kicked around a little bit by playing a shit game. Yeah. After our coach came out and said the game was shit, we've then put in two games where we were shit. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he has caused an absolute... Uh, he's, caught, he's caught chaos rules. It's not a chaos ball, but chaos rules. The umpire's rulings on um, prior possession... Uh, dropping the ball, incorrect disposal, whatever you want to call it, they are being either really harsh or way too lenient and you can never pick what's about to happen. It's gone fucking nuts. So people are kind of saying the idea is that you basically uh, hang back, wait for someone else to get the ball, tackle them and get the free kick. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. But it doesn't happen every time. So it's kind of like sometimes you go, oh yeah, but then other times where they get the ball, tackle it, and then the ball just comes free and you're like... Well, he didn't handball that, mm. and you can't. You're not allowed to just let the ball go. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. There was one the other night where a guy got tackled, uh, got placed on the ground. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns Melbourne game. So he gets tackled with one hand, like a chicken wing tackle, goes down, and then he just takes his hand away and releases the ball onto the ground because it was already on the ground. And then they called. They didn't. There was no free kick, and you go, you can't do that. Mm, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So it's just been become very confusing, and once again, Clarko has ruined the fucking game. Well, he kind of kicked it off, and then and then I think it was Gill who kind of said, you know, we don't make a big deal about that kind of stuff. And nah. then you go, well, are the umpires sub- subconsciously thinking about those kind of things now? But again, how many umpires are kind of sitting there, 
you know, late on a Sunday afternoon waiting for Clarko to give a press conference to find out the fucking message to, you know, give the free kicks for the next week. No, I know, but they can't say that they haven't, they don't listen to Clarko because things immediately change the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that's got to be a directive, doesn't it? That has to be the AFL going, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe it will open up the game a bit. Let's fucking get into it. I actually got to go to the game last weekend. So after we How was re- that? recorded the pod, I got a late um, last minute ticket. And it was good. Like Now, so talk us talk us through the process of you getting the tickets. So it's Hawthorne versus GWS out at the Beanstalk. Yep, friend of the show, Alex Williams, hit me up. He had a f- had a f- had a ticket for me. Uh, he is an ambassador for the GWS, so I imagine he got it through them. Um, yep. <laughs> so I popped on the mask, got on the train, went to Homebush. Um, uh-huh. And I, I don't know how many people were there at the game. I actually couldn't find a figure of how many people were allowed in. Okay. Um, but <laughs> it's around twelve to fourteen hundred, isn't it, in it, Sydney? It could be actually. I'm not totally sure. Um, yep. But I got to the box office, and I said, oh, "Hi there, I've got a ticket for." And you go on Michael Chamberlain, and so I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that means not many people were allowed in." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, where did you sit? Are you in the corporate area, or are you just in the seats? No, just in the seats. Yeah. So I bumped into another mate, and we kind of sat together, like a few seats Steve apart. Steve War? Uh, not Steve War. Oh. Um, yeah, I checked in with Alex to see if he was sitting with him, um, but uh, we sat kind of on the wing. You could you you could really sit anywhere. Um, okay. And were you sitting? broadcast side or non-broadcast side? Because it always looks like they've only filled up one side of the ground and it's not the side that the camera sees. No, we're on the broadcast side. And if you looked around the top levels, they were, I, don't, I won't say they were shut, but they were empty. So most people kind of probably just weren't choosing to sit there. But it, in my I head, imagine they would shut them, wouldn't they? Because there's just no point. You, then you've got to clean shit, so you might as well shut it and just don't even bother. Yeah, good point, good point. And then you've got to disinfect it if they're up there. So if you don't open it, you cut out a whole fucking bunch of legwork. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of really didn't take a great deal of time to look around and see how many people were there. Um, uh-huh. The only thing that reminded me was... You would have had a lot of time to do that because you were getting uh, pumped. Yeah, we were shit. The only thing that pointed out quarter. to me was that I really need to get my eyes checked because I couldn't see shit. And I was like, I couldn't tell who's who. And I was like, <laughs> really? i got to go fucking get them checked. Um, I'm it's all downhill from here. 21. Um, but it was good. It was kind of good to get out to the game again, you know? Yep. Um, and, and so when everyone left afterwards, was it like when you were leaving, was it like you had walked out 50 minutes after the game? Like because there was no crowd on the concourse kind of deal? Yeah, probably, yeah. Look, I reckon if you go back and have a think about it, like in the very early days of like, you know, the Giants, like if they played the Suns, yep. like yeah, yeah, it, it, it probably, I, I know, you know, it might have been a 1,000 people, it might have been 5,000 people, I, I couldn't tell you. But um, I think it would have just been, felt like that kind of game, you know? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't feel like there was no one there, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And did it, did it sound, yeah, did it sound sort of, was it a good sound at the ground, like after a goal and all that kind of stuff? Yep, yep, yep. And there were, you know, um, cheer squads, you know, chanting and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I stood behind the Giants cheer squad for a while and, you yep. know, they were going to get a good sound, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, yeah. A big, big sound? It was a big, big sound, but it was coming from the east of the town, which is weird. <laughs> wow. That, that's, what's, that, that's what makes them so good. East, west, whatever they want. Yeah, but no, no, it was, it was good to get back to the game, yeah. All right, anyway, uh, Friday night, mm-hmm. um, 
You guys were fucking terrible. Yeah, tad up by Collingwood. Bullshit. Yeah. Jonathan Patton. Fucking hell. Has that guy had any luck at all? No, no, not at all. He only got taken number one in the draft. <laughs> yeah, and but apart then he from that. Played at a team that kind of, you know, became really successful for, you know, about four yeah. or five years in a row. But, uh, no, but, but without it didn't him. work out for him. Yeah, yeah. So he he went down in early the first term, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 like 10 minutes in, not even. And then he was crying on the bench, and so everybody thought that he must have done another knee. So he's done three already. Yes, he's had three knee reconstructions. He was crying on the bench. I thought he was crying because he was like, why the fuck did I pick Hawthorne? Like, <laughs> this is this is really... Either that or he made himself captain in his own super coach team. He was just like, well, fucking hell, that's only eight points. I'm fucking... I'm dead. And so, yeah, all the Hawthorne fans uh, that I'm mates with and family, we were kind of messaging around, kind of going, surely he's done another knee, like a fourth one. Um, mm. And then it came out at halftime, they talked to Graham Wright and said that it was uh, a little ping in the hammy. Well, did you see when he was walking off with the um, the doctor at quarter time and he kept saying, uh, fuck off, fuck off, and he was like pushing the doctor away. It's yeah. like, mate, don't blame the doctor for your shit hamstrings. Yeah. This was on you, buddy. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. And now, so I uh, found a tweet from Dr. Peter Larkins. He actually... Oh, you love Doc Larkins. He, Everything he says, mate, you take his gospel. He's the only person I follow on Twitter, actually. Yeah, he's your Dr. Phil. Whatever <laughs> he says goes. He's your Dr. Oz. You love him. Uh, he wrote, Jonathan Patton, obviously distressed after hamstring mm. tear. Uh, he has had three knee ACL Ricos, so he knows he no longer has a normal hammy after yeah. tendon grafts. So recovery usually much longer. So maybe the tears were the fact that he goes, I've already used my hammy tendons, therefore I might have bung hammies for the rest of my career. So therefore if I do one now, I'll keep on doing them for the rest of my career. Well, yeah, I, I think because where, where do they get the third the third one? So if they've already used both hammies for the first two knee recos, which where's he, is he getting a cadaver hammy? Like is he fucking getting it on Gumtree? Where's he getting the other hammy tendon from? Well, or is that the issue that he's had two and one? It's gone ping, and he's like, well, I'm fucked now. Well, do you have a top hammy tendon and a bottom hammy tendon? Oh, of course you do. So I've I've no idea. So he's got one more to go. So he can do one more. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck. What's he oh, what's he worried about? about? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got another hammy I mean, tendon. Alex Johnson did. Alex Johnson did seven. He was he had something to cry about. Oh, dude, he can't move his arm. <laughs> they took no. the tendon out. <laughs> um, but he's had a fucking shock and run pattern. He missed the previous two games before this one because he burnt his foot cooking salmon. Yep, yep. And so apparently he was cooking it, and I don't know, we fucking deep frying it or something. But the salmon has poured out of the. Uh, the fry pan and onto his sock, which is just stuck to his foot. Dude. Like a fucking, like napalm. He's napalmed his foot and it's stuck to it. And then he got an infection in that. Jesus. Mate, this guy's a fucking klutz. But the weird thing is the kind of club, the club kind of kept that quiet. Like they kind of just said he was out. Yeah. But they only found it this week that, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I've never seen someone on the, <laughs> on the injury list, you know, two yeah. weeks, salmon. <laughs> Burnt foot. But uh, they, they kind of kept it under the hat. I don't know why you kind of would say, you know, like he got burnt and then he got an infection. Yeah, what's the big deal about that? Because they did ask Clarko in a uh, press conference and he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. It's like, don't you, Clarko? Really? Don't you? <laughs> yeah. He should be getting, you know what? This needs to be added into the budget for Jonathan Patton. Get the man Uber Eats. Do not let him <laughs> near a fucking fry pan. You've got to keep him safe. He could fucking, mate, he could have a toast pop up, fucking hit him in the head, concussion. Like he is... 
he's ripe for being fucking injured again. You know, he could slip on some linguine. You just don't know with Jonathan Patton. Yeah, sure. No stairs for him with that dodgy, no. dodgy hammies. No. But also, why the fuck would you keep that quiet? Like, of all the things in the world, like, that you need to keep quiet when you're at a football club, why do yeah. you have to keep quiet the fact that the dude just accidentally burnt their foot trying to cook some salmon? All right. How many people do you know <laughs> who've accidentally burnt their foot Here we cooking go. salmon? <laughs> That's why your club kept it quiet. Because I didn't want people going, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Dude, I need you in my life to look through the looking glass. I always fucking look for the, I look for the good thing and then you just fucking <laughs> give me the truth of what actually yeah. happened. It is the truth, mate. It's what people need to hear. Hey, man, talk the, about the grand final being at ANZ Stadium this year. Oh, absolutely. And why wouldn't it be? Uh, you know, because ANZ Stadium, as colloquially known, the People's Stadium, it's the one that we all think about that just, when you think of any stadium in Australia, like when you're overseas and people are, you know, you see Madison Square Garden or mm-hmm. Gillette Stadium or Yankee Stadium, you go, that's not a fucking patch. They haven't seen they haven't seen Jared Roughhead slide over the goal line yeah. and on to some diner bolts sticking out of the ground that yep. rips open his jumper and tears into his back. Yeah. You know, where else do you get that in the world? You don't get it anywhere. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I remember when I was in fucking Boston a few years oh, yeah. ago and I Did went to, Fenway to Park? I went to Fenway Park before I went to the fucking Cheers bar. <laughs> and when the guy said to me, where are you from? And at the time I was living in Melbourne, I said, I'm from Melbourne, Australia. And he was like, <laughs> joke. You got the MCG, who cares? Exactly. Um, but he said, I hear about ANZ Stadium. <laughs> I hear about it a lot. You know that <laughs> you know that place that uh, weekly during the NRL gets up mm. to 12,000 people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ground. fucking, how do you guys do that? And I hear that it's about an hour 20 on the train. <laughs> and if there's more than 50,000 people, it's a fucking debacle to get home. Is that the ANZ? So you go, oh, yeah, mate, it's that one. You better believe it. <laughs> So look at this, Tony Shepard from the GWS has come out as a huge advocate for ANZ Stadium. He mm. says, and have a listen to this, Michael, this is why it has to be, the grand final has to be in New South Wales this year. He said it's got 70,000 plus capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's more than 70,000. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't know how many, how many more plus, but it's plus. It doesn't need to be. You don't need to know. That's, mm. that's, on, a, that's on a need to know basis. <laughs> and at the moment, you just need to know people. It's fucking over 70,000. I'd stop asking questions. And look at this. This one's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's an oval. Yeah. It's very handy for an oval game. Oh, my God. SCG can't have it. Too circular. The Gabba, probably not. Probably not. Like Cadenia Park, too oval. Too (laughs) skinny. It's like a cigar, they say. Adelaide Oval, uh, Optus Stadium. Why would you bother? When you have an oval right in the heart of Australia. Yeah, right there. Right right in the heart of Sydney with a bit more of an hour uh, on top of that. And he says, the site of the world's best modern Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Fuck. The best modern Olympics. That is, you know how many he's beaten out there? Like, they've beaten Atlanta. They've beaten London. Uh, Helsinki. Smashed it. Stockholm. Stockholm. And also, imagine the halftime entertainment, too, when you get mm. a couple of shot putters out there. Oh, fuck. That's what and people... <laughs> Because he says it's a very deeply emotional stadium for Australians. And I reckon it is. If you've been out there, the emotions you feel <laughs> as, you're, as you're stuck on a, tra- a train that's fucking half an hour late and you're missing the start of a semi-final. Oh, the range of emotions. They're very deep. 
Now, it hasn't hosted a game since the qualifying final between the Giants and the Swans in 2016. Okay. And having said that, I do feel like it could be a boon for the game if they did hold it there in October, November, whenever they may hold it. Okay, so you're saying is it positive as it spreads the word out in, out in the West? I think I think you might be right, but again, yeah. we're talking very early days. Like we still have you know what three four months before we actually kind of need well, that's to lock true. this stuff in. Um, and then they were talking about maybe the possibility that they do the AFL Grand Final on the Saturday and then do the NRL Grand Final on Sunday. I love it, the old double header they call it. But because um, they say here they need it needs um, it needs a month's notice. So to complete maintenance work around its retractable stands before it's ready. So they go, the AFL's got to tick it off sometime in, say, late September and go, all right, you got it. Make it into a fucking oval again and less of a rectangle. Yeah, gotcha. I'm trying to work out what they need to do. Do they need to pay the MCG money to kind of compensate them for not having the grand final there? And then what do, oh, they, fucking what, what do they compensate me? Because that, if I don't get to the grand final this year, they'll break my streak. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, legal question without notice. Um, I would say they do have to compensate it because they have in their contract that it needs to be played there. But if the teams can't get back into Victoria, does that is that a um, is that a null and void kind of thing? Is that an act of God, Michael? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll I'll call the chairman of the MSCC tomorrow <laughs> and just uh, find out. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll just send it. It's, it. He's in the WhatsApp group that I'm with. Um, <laughs> so I'll be good. Yeah. Hey, trouble with the uh, Sharon, Adam. You got a, you got a beef with it? Well, Brendan Goddard did. Oh, yeah. Eddie McGuire did. Um, Goddard reckons it needs to be kicked in more before they actually play with it. Well, yeah. Eddie came out and said that uh, too much lacquer. BJ yeah. said they're too soft. And he said they're not designed to uh, be able to just go out and bounce the ball. That's, it's not – Sharon just said, like, it's in – if you visit the home of Sharon and you go to kick it, they'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not bounce that ball immediately because it's it needs to be kicked in, son. What are you doing? Like, umpires who go there and get excited, they're like, no, mate, no. It's got to be kicked in for at least half an hour before a game. Do you find it weird that they don't do that? Because I know, like, it used to be the old thing, like, you probably play with one one ball for the whole game. And then yep. if it got kicked out the back of, you know, Prince's Park and, you know, you and your mates were there to kind of nick the ball. Like that happened. Windy Hill. Windy Hill, we got a ball. There we go. You have a few extra. Yeah. But yes. I find it weird that they kind of are throwing them a brand new ball without it actually being, you know, I suppose for lack of a better word, tampered with. So brand new ball without notice. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah, I kind of find it weird. Like, I mean, as much as I hate to kind of agree with Eddie. Um, yeah. I find it weird that they kind of don't kick a ball around. And he made the point that in the NBA, they bounce the ball around for half an hour before they actually throw into the game. And they start a clock on that. Like there's one guy who just, they go now, and he just bounces the ball for half an hour. Hmm. Yeah, That's I know. his job. I know him. Yeah. It's called, uh, oh, do you? Yeah, it's called Shaq. <laughs> but I do find it weird if they're throwing you a brand new ball. I think they say they're to have 14 on rotation uh, okay. due to the COVID rules. They have kind of more than they normally would. But yep. I do find it really strange that they don't, you know, um, uh, you know, kick it around before they th- throw it in. No, it, it does make sense. And and BJ said every time they pull out a brand new footy, he said most look like slots head from the Goonies. So he's saying they're misshaped. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Now I'm going to play a you right now. 
I've mm. never seen the Goonies. Well, that is beyond stunning. Have you watched the Goonies? Oh, when I was like 12, yes. Yeah. Wow, our roles are reversed. Yeah, this is disappointing. <laughs> uh, Sloth, but it, Sloth's head was like really odd shaped and he was, you know, he was a beast. Oh, I don't know and what I you're talking about, mate, because I'm an adult. I don't watch kids' <laughs> films. Playing a bit of Rosenbach's right here. Mate, I was a fucking kid. <laughs> I didn't watch it last night. I didn't go to Disneyland the last time I was on holidays. I didn't go to WWE in Virginia to watch some men fucking play an orchestrated fucking game. All right, now we're back to normal. This is good. Sure. Um, tune in on Monday night, I think it is, about 6 or 7 p.m. on SDN because Jack Revolt is taking over. Uh, it's about time. I, our calls have been answered. We have said what we need is a Richmond-only show for one hour on a Monday night when people are driving home. This is what the people want, Michael. Here we go. This Jack, is what the people want. Jack Revolt's Tiger Time. Mm-hmm. Richmond-themed show, which, uh, yeah, you'd imagine this has been paid for. Like It's like a paid-for ad by a company or two. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Because so I can think of nothing worse. Like, if you are listening post-game to, you know, the wrap-up and stuff, they don't ever talk about your team. So you're a bit like, nah, there's nothing, no real interest for me. So for an hour, if they're not even going to cross your team, like, no, he, if you ring up and say, Jack, what do you reckon about Melbourne's forward line? He's not going to fucking, he's not going to give you an answer. Oh, dude, we know for sure. Like, the, uh, the best way to not hear anything interesting is to ask a current player a question. Because yeah. they, yeah, they're not going to say shit. Um, and so what's he actually going to talk about? He's not going to talk about their game plan. He's not going to talk about whether, you know, he's going to say, oh, Alex Rance is doing his own thing. He's not coming back. What exactly, what's it like to sing with the Killers? We'll get that out of the way. Um, do you really like Tom Lynch down there taking all the focus off you? Get that out of the way. You know, what else are you going to talk to Jack Rewald about? Oh, dude, I mean, let's not... Uh, jump too quickly into critiquing things as we usually do mm. he's gonna have tom lynch on the show is and he and gonna have david david asprey finally david asprey will break his silence and we can find out what his life is like uh he's been gagged for so long <laughs> it's just like and it takes a show like this i suppose to get the to draw the best out of asprey that is people i stand corrected if i knew that we were going to hear from David Asprey during this hour, then this is the must-listen hour of probably the year. Have like, you'll say to your friends, where were you when you first heard David Asprey? And then the second question, where were you when you first had to ask, who's David Asprey? <laughs> how can we fuck with it, though, man? Like, how can we get the junk timers out that they call in? Like, what can they call in, like, request a song or, like, a... Request a song. Why don't you ring in and just uh, think, pretend it's Nick Rewald. So just be like, mate, how could you let Heath Shaw run up behind you and smother the ball like that? You know, you fucking cost us a premiership and that let them correct you. Or if everybody can call in and they're trout from Wood End. And oh, so if yes. like for the whole hour, yeah. like yeah. 35 trouts from Wood End, call in. Yeah. Or keep asking, ask him really like really open-ended question. Like, where do you see the game in 60 years' time and what differences do you think there'll be in the match, in the game there, Jack? Yeah, sure. How much were you paid to do this, Jack? 
<laughs> if everyone could ask that, just text those in. <laughs> because the one thing that I know from being on SEN is you see the text immediately. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe, yeah, fleeing the text. So yeah, maybe yeah. there's a text. Because when people go, this is shit. Yeah, sure. This guy's not funny. Yeah. Oh, you fucking read it. But why don't we Why don't we try to get the junk timers out there? So Monday, at least for Monday, it goes for 10, 10 shows. Oh, amazing. From amazing. six to seven. Try to get the junk timers out there to text something into the SEN feed. Oh, great idea. Because when you do... When you are on SEN and you see when the texts come in, you see them immediately. So when someone goes, awesome. "Mate, you're fucking terrible," awesome, you fucking know it. So what about if you if everyone texts in, what's Robbo really like? Yeah, sure, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look up the SEN website. Yep. Find the uh, the text line. I'll t- I'm typing it in. I'm googling it right now. SEN text. Uh, and I've realised text through when you've on been zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I've realised like when you've been on SEN, I've missed mm. an entire opportunity because you wouldn't know my number, and I've missed the entire opportunity to text in and say, "Fucking Rosie's shit." Ah, oh, dude. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I could have psychologically scarred you even more. You know who probably did text in? Luke McDonald, mate. That guy. You know, he's one of your, I know he's one of your favourite players, Michael. <laughs> oh, he's up there with uh, Asprey. <laughs> yeah. Luke McDonald from North Melbourne got himself into trouble last night for a little bit of a sledge directed at Connor McKenna. Mm-hmm. He did a bit of a, like, a, almost like covered his mouth and did a bit of a sneeze. And then he came off the bench wearing, like, PPE and uh, got a swab out. Dude, he went all out. Okay, uh, after three-quarter time, he came out and he had a ventilator. Oh fuck! He, uh, just, was he like, really mate, went the COVID you thing. You are, you are full yeah. on. And then um, he came. He came out a full time dressed as a, a six week lockdown. No way. That is yeah, out of line. He, I he tell got you in what, Conor McKenna's face, mate. Dude, he showed up at a press conference this morning doing a mock funeral. It was out of line. <laughs> he went too far today. At the press, had apologised. He went as a wet market. Luke McDonald, you are a fucking animal, my that is friend. Ter- he said he wanted to be traded to the Wuhan bats. That is out oh, of line. Yeah, out yeah, of line. He, he got in Conor McKenna's grill, man. He fucking owned him. Ah, uh, that was funny. I, I find it funny how people get kind of a bit annoyed. But well, I suppose the media or yeah, one of those articles where they post Twitter, um, Twitter posts about you know, oh, you know, Luke McDonald, what a dickhead for doing that. But it's like, yep. was anyone really that upset? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, no. he didn't have COVID, or no. no, he did. He did they say you ultimately did have it in Ireland, maybe, or he tested negative anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. So, do you reckon McKenna's just like lying there awake, going, "Fucking hell, man!" One day, I, I'd I'd forgotten all that. I didn't even. I that was in my past. I'd been to six six days straight of counselling, and we'd moved on, and then Luke McDonald brings up my post traumatic stress syndrome. Although it would be fun next time they meet. Like, it would be fun in the spirit of Nick Nat if, like, uh, Conor McKenna just walked over and handed Luke McDonald a bat after the game. (laughs) That he's had in his sock the whole time. (laughs) But some people are uh, equating it to when... uh, Remember when your mate, Sam Mitchell, did the old fucking syringy... Really? Syringy dinge at Essendon. Always at Essendon. Well, they don't deserve anything. Oh, God. It's nowhere near that. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, you know who wouldn't stand for that, Michael? But also, let's not forget the common denominator in that. Mm. Essendon. Essendon, so. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We can't say that. You know who wouldn't stand for that, Michael? You know who wouldn't stand for that? 
Basil Zemplis. Finally, make Perth great again. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, Hugger. <laughs> how would that fly if he made ca- caps like that and just walked around? Make Perth great again. So well, he, judging by the last time we mentioned it and the uh, reply we replies response we got from the listeners, not very well. No, so he has actually announced that he's actually officially going to run for mayor of Perth. Yeah, I do not know when the election might be held. Um, let's have a look around. But he put out an Instagram post. Um, he did saying that he uh, was doing it with the full support of his family. And there's a photo of him in this little article that was in the um, in. Perth Now, is that the name of their newspaper? Um, he's under a street sign with his daughters of Zemplus Street. Now, is that a fake street or is there actually... I'm going to look up Zemplus Street because I think that uh, you're running out of names, Perth, if you are allowing. So you're saying that he might have a street named after him or do you think it might be a family member? Well, I don't know, but I'm just looking up here, Zemplus Street... Map of Zemplar Street in so it's in Northbridge. Oh, party town! Is um Ben Cousins in the background? <laughs> <laughs> he's passed out. If you go on, if you go on Google Earth, he's passed out. There's a Zemplar Street in between Newcastle and Aberdeen Street. Surely that's not named after Basil Zemplar. Oh, Come we'll on. have to find out. Yeah, our Perth listeners, if you want to give us an answer, yeah. So he says, I want to bring my leadership, energy, work ethic, independence, and ideas to our city. And he's motivated to become the next mayor of uh, of Perth. Now, I think uh, it would have been a few months ago that we f- he flagged that he was thinking mm. about running. And then we got a run of messages from people saying, uh, was it maybe someone spray-painted out the front of Channel 7 that Basil Semplis yeah. was a cunt? Was that the A, a little bit, yeah. yeah. And they may have, they may have made a... Um a mention of his uh, facial features as well. And um, yeah, and he did a few years ago, I think, wrote like a 10-point article about what he would do if he became mayor. And his attitude towards the homeless was (laughs) a little bit ordinary. Basically kind of, you know, ship them out. Look at this. He says, Skyworks will happen as long as I'm Lord Mayor. Have they been, is there questions that Skyworks won't go ahead? What are Skyworks? Fireworks, man. On Australia Day, I do believe, uh, and be bigger and better with more experiences for families and residents to enjoy on the day. Wow. Wow. So that he says they will also seek to create compelling people-focused events and attractions. So I'd there you go. All I those ones that focused on animals. Well, I'll I tell you what's kind of interesting, though, about the fact that if he wants to be the mayor of Perth, because mm. there's been a lot of jostling around the idea of who's going to replace Bruce McAvaney. Now, that may not be next year, that may not be five years, but yeah, there's yeah. been, you know, people are talking about is BT that role, is JB that role, mm-hmm. uh, and is Basil that role. So if he wants to be the mayor of Perth for a while, uh, it seems to me that he might be saying, I am removing myself from that takeover role. Because he still does radio over there, doesn't he? I think he does breakfast morning radio, and I should include Hamish as well in that kind of, you know, yes. takeover Bruce's role. And does he also do the news, the sports news? Is he the sports news anchor over in Channel 7 in Perth? I feel like... Uh, question without notice, well, sorry. Well, half a question without notice because I feel like he yeah. might be an anchor. Yeah, I think committee might have done it and I feel like he doesn't do it anymore, but I'm, can't be I mean, I think him, sure on that. him being mayor will actually take away from what Basil gives to the uh, people of Australia. So I say, go for broke, mate. Become mayor. We won't have him on radio. We won't be on telly. 
Go Basil. Vote Basil. Get him in. Come on, Perth people. But I feel Get like, on board. I feel like mayor is the kind of job where you can do all those things at the same time and still be mayor. Like, uh, 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 oh, how, how pressing really is the job of mayor? <laughs> You have really like, undervalued it. Let's not forget Clover Moore up in, uh, up here in Sydney. She was uh, Lord Mayor of um, Sydney and also held a seat in the lower house of the uh, state parliament. I actually purposely... Double dipping. Yeah, she had fucking two jobs at the same time. And I was, I was furious about that. And I actually ended up... I lived in Darling Harbour for a short time years ago. And oh, she, someone was doing very well. <laughs> someone was doing very well because their place was paid for by their company. Um, and I... Um, ended up, she gave up that seat. This is fascinating for the junk timers, the political... Na- they uh, love this na- shit. They love this insight into your but life. But I, I purposely, uh, I, I, I enrolled in Darling Harbour and then I purposely voted against who she endorsed because I was angry that she had two full-time jobs at the same time. It's like, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to, don't get to have two full-time jobs at the same time if you're a politician. Hey, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know how you don't get invited to many dinner parties? <laughs> I think I've tapped into a possible excuse. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, everyone, I've got a letter that I wrote to Wayne Jackson when I was 20. So <laughs> sit down, guys, put your red wine down. This is going to be great. Football is in real life. Uh, from Travis, I have a vintage football and real life story for you. Back in 2010, I was playing C-grade cricket in a second-tier league. In brackets, yes, I was doing very well at the time for the Emu Creek Cricket Club in Bendigo. I turned oh, the up. Triple C. I turned up to our club change rooms at midday and was greeted by a fellow teammate who was with someone. A teammate introduced me. Uh, intru- uh, who uh, t- the teammate introduced me to Luke, who was in his underwear unpacking a heap of brand new Puma gear. While I shook his hand, I had a strange feeling this fit bloke looked very familiar. When another teammate turned up and caught sight of a new recruit, he turned to me and said, that's Luke Hodge. And then I tweaked. No wonder he looked familiar. Now, Michael, is this a dream of yours to see Luke Hodge in his underwear? But even that, like, if I just walked in, I was like, I'd get a, 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 a feeling as I walked towards the rooms. I'd be like, <laughs> I think Hodge is around here. <laughs> There's a presence. <laughs> Turns out he and the first teammate in the change rooms were high school friends. And I always wanted to play together, so Hodgie drove down to Bendigo for the day. Uh, <laughs> we bowled first, and they gave Hodgie a run. He bowled eight overs, went for 19 runs, and got three wickets. Oh, that is an impressive spell. It's not bad, not chain bow, but that's okay. Got seven for 12 yeah. once, don't want to talk about it. Uh, but more impressive was he gave every effort in the field, so much so that our captain was worried the Hawthorne Premiership superstar player was going to do his bloody shoulder, uh, diving to save a boundary on our shit back oval at Stratfield Say, would you call it? Yeah. Uh, outside of Bendigo. We got the opposition out cheaply and then it was our turn to bat. When one of our openers went out, they put Hodgie up the order so he could bat with his best mate. He, he was dropped in slips on the second ball and then proceeded to peel off an even century. Wow. I volunteered at the start of the innings to be the third man umpire, uh, so I got a great spot to watch Hodgie make a bulk of the runs. After the game, Hodgie was pumped and couldn't have been more excited to get out on the piss that night. <laughs> that sounds like Hodgie. I was going to say, was that the year he drove back to Melbourne? But no, that was 2014? Uh, I'm not sure about that story. Do you have, what's the story there? He got busted drink driving just before the finals. Oh, that was 2015, I think, yeah. Oh, good on him. Um, and that was like a... What a great story. Uh, uh, suburban trip. Um, but um, there is a story I have a vague memory of from Hodgie from his early days where they said, don't play cricket. 
and then ah, he yes. did play cricket and he did well and made runs or whatever or got wickets. And then they were like, hey, you played cricket on the weekend. He's like, no, I didn't. They're like, mate, they put the results in the paper. <laughs> it's like, you, know, <laughs> you know, Luke Hodge, 78 or whatever. <laughs> did you play cricket as a junior with any um, budding footballers, anyone who went on to play footy? I played against Joe Masiti. Uh, no, I'm trying to think. Um, the only one, a friend of the show, Dan Donati, that we had on, did an interview with, played yep. one game for Richmond. So I played cricket with him at school. Yeah. Yeah, right. He was a um, demon quick. Uh, from Shane, I live in Currambin on the southern tip of the Gold Coast. And yes, I'm doing very well for myself. And can I just say thank you to all the people from the Gold Coast who are sending in messages? We seem to get more and more footballers in real life. I mean, I know it's like they're there, but... yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, and then, you know, treat yourself to a, uh, a round of golf at King Tut's Putt-Putt. Yeah, and, and maybe some curly whirly fries on us. We should do that. We should get, like, vouchers for Gold Coastians who, you know, send in a message and we can, you know, fling them a voucher to King Tut's. All right. Let, all right let's, let's get some sort of sponsorship deal going <laughs> with King Tut's. I'll, I will follow that up during the week because the junk times up there who are doing all these footballer and real lifing, they deserve it. They deserve a lazy 18. Anyway, about three or four weeks ago, me and the Misso took the doggo for a walk down Palm Beach, a beautiful part of the world. Our dog ran up to two French bulldogs for a sniff. Our dog is so damn cute, the owner asked the generic what breed, how old. As my Misso replied, toy poodle, four months. Toy poodle? Mm. Never heard of a toy poodle before. Oh, shit, yeah. It's like a, it's like a less savage version of a poodle. I recognised the rangy man walking them, being an SA boy originally. I was stoked to find out my toy porter was sniffing Hugh Greenwood's French Bulldog's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's a detail we expect from our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> he was sporting handlebars, a goatee and a tash that was bleach blonde by the Gold Coast Sun. The St- dog or Hugh? Uh, I'm going to presume Hugh, stunning looking okay. man. Oh, there you go. That weekend, Hugh had more clearances than my beloved Crows boys. My team is so bad. I now know how Rosie feels most weekends. Ah, fucking a bang. Go fuck yourself, Shane. (laughs) The very next day, the Palm Beach, uh, Currambin Farmer's Market, me and my mates were Brendan Ellis uh, waiting in line for the ACM. Oh, you don't see many people uh, in line for the ACM nowadays, do you? No, not before midnight. Um, He was out injured at the time but looked fit. AF, standing solo wearing beige. This is great detail. Um, I love it. Uh, beige shorts and striped T-shirt with a grumpy look on his face, thus we decided not to bother him. Looking tan too. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for more as I know you're struggling for material. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Shane's fucking whacked me, then he's whacked both of us. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. It's very kind of you. And he's also given us a link to his, uh, his dog's Instagram page. So, um, hey, Shane. I won't be checking that out, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, from Battler Art. G'day, fellas. Ex-footballer in life here for you. Uh, I was having breakfast in Guildford in the outer suburbs of Perth this morning, and I saw none other than X-Line and Docker Des Headland enjoying there some brekkie. He was sitting there Number by one draft pick. Sitting there by himself with headphones in, dressed in a suit and brackets no tie. I was quick to exit when he saw me attempt to wave. <laughs> can confirm that he's taller than you'd think. Also, I just finished reading Paris and other disappointments the other day. Well, I love your work, Rosie. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Art. That's how you end. That's how you end a, a message to us. Thank you. What he get? He got one flag. Was that O two? He got his flag and then went home. I think Headland. You don't reckon he played in the first one and then 
left. Yeah, it's either the first or the second. Yeah, he did only get one of three, though, yes. But he was very keen to get out of... He didn't want to go anywhere, and I feel like he might have shown up to his draft interview with all the clubs wearing a Dockers jumper, I believe, or a Dockers T-shirt. Is that right? To kind of say, hey, you know, I don't yeah, want to leave. I'm coming... Yeah, I'm staying in Perth. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks were looking at him because there was a chance at that time we were going to get the number one pick, but we then won a few games in the last few rounds and I moved up, but... um. That's information you don't need. Uh, <laughs> from Brendan. Uh, Brendan has been sending in, um, he had a run for about three or four weeks about footballers mm. in real life. You'll be happy to know the new lockdown restrictions haven't kept Neil Danaher from going on his daily constitutional on the anniversary trail. Great. Another Good s- to see Neil out and about. Another sighting of Neil Danaher. That's about three or four now for Brendan. Yeah. Stalking. What are you up to, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> from Geo, footballers in real life last Monday, I was walking through Sydney Uni. Uh, someone's doing uh, very well for themselves. Mm. Uh, to pick up my morning coffee at the cafe, which is next to a gym, and notice two buses outside. Inside, there are lots of people in black track suits. And I thought the Panthers were on a bit of a, uh, were a bit far from Penrith. Mm. I then recognised Rob Harvey and realised it was the Collingwood team. No other big names inside, unfortunately. They filed on, filed onto the buses as I enjoyed my flat white and bacon and egg roll. There you go. Geez, you'd be disappointed that the whole Collingwood team, well, you'd assume they're all there and you only see Rob Harvey. Missed the fucking excitement. Yeah, kind of actually interesting, like, where they are where they are training and where they're, you know, doing the weight sessions. And Who's a Coogee? Hawthorne? Uh, and Melbourne are I, at Manly, is I that right? I believe Hawthorne might be Coogee. I think there was something with um, Jager during the week where he talked about being, you know, kind of having quite a bit of fun at Coogee. Yeah, right. And I believe that, yeah, Melbourne are up at Manly, so... Isn't that funny? That Hawthorne are at Coogee and Melbourne are at Manly, like, fits rather perfectly for both of those Yeah, teams. that is very true. Yeah, so Collingwood would be where then? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Mount Jura. Parramatta. Yeah, where yeah, they did Struggle Street. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod, Ajima, on Twitter, on Facebook, and the gram. Go Hawks. Go Blues. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.